Hey, y'all. Real quick before I hit play on this episode of Familypreneur for you, I want to be sure that you know that I have a brand new podcast available for you to check out. It's called Just Marketing, and you can find it on this podcast platform. Go ahead and search for Just Marketing and hit subscribe so you don't miss anything. Then come back here and listen to this episode of Familypreneur. It'll still be here waiting for you. Welcome to Familypreneur, the podcast for parent entrepreneurs, raising kidpreneurs. It's time for your weekly dose of inspiration and actionable tips to build your business and find better balance, all while strengthening your family. And now we'd like to introduce your host. She's my mom and the bomb.com, Meg Brunson. Welcome to episode number seven of the Familypreneur podcast. Today, I'm so excited to welcome Susie Parker. Susie is a certified sleep consultant and the founder of Sleep Baby Love Child Sleep Consulting. She's a been-there-done-that mom of two beautiful girls who've had her deal with many sleep challenges head-on. Trained in the science of sleep by the Family Sleep Institute, Susie's blog has become a go-to resource for many parents of littles. And her articles can be found in some of the most visited parenting sites, including the Huffington Post, Baby Center, and Baby World, just to name a few. Through personalized consulting and online courses, Susie helps many exhausted families teach their babies, toddlers, and preschoolers to love sleep. Hi, Susie. Thanks for joining us today. Hey, Meg. So happy to be here. Oh, good, good. So why don't we start? Can you just tell us a little bit about what you're doing now? You know, what, what's your business about? Sure. So I am a certified sleep consultant. And what that means is I help exhausted parents overcome sleep challenges. And it could range from a baby, a toddler, or a preschooler, but pretty much up until school-age children. So my company, Sleep Baby Love, is whole bunch of different sleep consulting services, whether it's helping you one-on-one or I have a whole bunch of online courses. And how did you get started in that? What's your, what's your background? So I have a pretty um, different situation where I've always wanted to create a business. I was always that kid that was like, I am going to have that aha moment. And I never did. So I was a, a business major in college and I do nothing, right? Basically, other than the first five years out of school, um, I then career changed, which I n- did nothing with my degree. But I finally, after having my kids, finally had this horrible sleeper and I had that aha moment. I was like, wait people can help other people with sleep challenges. So that was my moment. Like literally the next day I heard of a certification program and I decided to create my business. And it was like really fast. I did get certified through the Family Sleep Institute and, you know, up and running three months later with a website and paying clients. It was pretty, pretty quick and pretty fast. So it was definitely meant to be. I know I'm in a similar boat where my degree had nothing to do with, has nothing to do with what I'm doing now. So it's, it's always nice to to know that other people like that are out there. Oh, for sure. So this is something that like if somebody's listening and they're like, "Oh, I really have similar interests with parents." They could potentially just do the same thing, just get certified. It's an online program? Yeah, so it's an online program with there's a whole bunch of different avenues if you wanted to become a sleep consultant, but I chose to get certified because actually I knew friends that knew of the Family Sleep Institute. I did no research. I actually did not even know anything else existed, but there are several different areas. And I always recommend that you know people do their diligence, unlike me, um, because I think everyone is a little different. Um, the certifying 
bodies do have different requirements. It has basically different personalities, I think, running them, but I found a really good fit with the Family Sleep Institute. So I I feel really lucky that I kind of stumbled upon it, um, if you will. But I think that you could choose not to get certified and still start a sleep consulting business. I do feel for me, I feel that certification definitely helps my confidence and credibility, but it's definitely not necessary, especially if you had your own sleep struggles, which I bring to the table all the time because my two girls gave me the baby and toddler issues. So I bring a lot of my personal experience to the table where I think that, you know, if you didn't have your own personal struggles, it's always hard to kind of help um, somebody. At least that's where I feel that I differentiate myself. And that's a nice silver lining, I guess, when you've got bad sleepers. Well, thankfully recovered bad sleepers, right? (laughs) Right, right. Exactly. Is this your first experience with self-employment or have you... Yeah. So it's basically my first self-employment opportunity. I I have a little different situation than a lot of people, but I still kept my corporate job. So um, I've been with the same organization for 13 years. And the reason why, you know, I found there was never a reason to leave that job. I work really flexibly. I like the team that I'm on. I really found that I was able to juggle it all. It's, It's hectic, but I never felt like in that push pull situation where I wasn't able to do it all. Um, yeah, I am busy. Yes, I work nights and weekends, but I found the balance of both and I wasn't ready to leave my full-time income for what I consider my side hustle. Um, I do have a successful business and I think that it's not like I'm just making small amounts of change every month, but I still haven't felt that pull to leave um, my corporate job yet. One day I think that will happen, but yeah, I definitely love the fact that I do work for myself and I have a plan out if I need to. I just grow my business even further. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, what about your husband? Is he traditional employment as well? Yeah, so that's a good question. So we believe in multiple streams of income. So ironically, he's very similar. He works a corporate job, but he also has a vending company. So he fills vending machines on the weekends and has multiple locations. If like you buy a pop, it's his pop machine, you know, that you're buying it from. Um, He also is a coach and has that coaching practice on the side as well. We believe strongly that, um, you know, diversification, we also have a rental property. Um, I'd love to say that we will have more of those, but in Chicago, everything is so flipping expensive. That's not necessarily an area that we're focused on. It's just so happened that I couldn't sell my condo when we were moving up to the suburbs when we have kids. So yeah, I, I mean, I think that we also believe, you know, so strongly that like, hopefully our kids will get that same message, right? Like, wouldn't that be amazing? What do you think the kids have taken away from... I mean, they, they must notice that you guys hustle with all of these different buckets. Yeah. So we talk about it. I mean, we even say mommy loves business. You know, mommy created a business. Um, my oldest is just turned seven. So like my youngest probably doesn't understand it, but my mommy says that I help people sleep, help babies sleep better. Um, she gets that. Um, she also does know that I have a corporate job and that I work there. But I don't know necessarily that she understands that the push-pull of it all, but I took this away from Pat Flynn's Smart Passive Income podcast, and I he was interviewing his son. So I, I definitely, after that interview, I started talking to my daughter about, you know, businesses solve problems. Let's think of something that we can solve. And we started, you know, having that conversations a lot. And I also, because of Pat Flynn's podcast, I'm going to do, well, I say that now, I have a little ways to go, but they had a homeschooler that had to do a project 
um, had to create a business during high school. And basically her parents gave her $500 to start a business and it didn't need to be successful. It didn't need to be long term, but you had to go through the process. And I'm definitely taking that away because I think that that's like an invaluable gift that you can give your kids to give them that process to actually go do something and make it their own. That's a great idea. And I love Pat Flynn, but I don't know that I've heard that episode. So I'm going to have to go look for that one. It sounds right up my alley. Yeah, it was a girl. So she was a homeschooler and she created like a... uh, teen entrepreneur conference. I was like, that's pretty cool. But it it was definitely her story. That's awesome. And then the one, there's an interview with her, his son. That was where I got the one about the businesses. I'll definitely, I'll go back and find them so I can link to them in the show notes. And if anybody else wants to listen to those episodes too, I mean, I think that would be a great value. I don't know that you can instill entrepreneurship. I think it's kind of embedded in you, but I think you can definitely steer and encourage it. Right. You know, I I think that my daughter could maybe be more of an artist, you know, a free spirit where I don't necessarily know. Like, I remember in college, I was reading like about Jack Welch, the CEO at the time of GE. And I remember like my friends were like, why are you interested in that book? I'm like, it's so fascinating. Like, I love documentaries at the time of people like, you know, who knows what they were doing. I didn't know about online business. It's like shoulda, woulda, coulda. If I knew about it like 15 years ago, I would have loved to have created my own business then. But I don't know necessarily that I, what I would have created if I even knew. And it's funny. I, I can see that in my kids too. Like there's some... One of my children is much more entrepreneurial than the other. Mm-hmm. Have your kids solved any of these problems? I know you've talked about like teaching them how to identify the problems? Have they been able to follow through with any of those processes? Not yet. No, not yet. Uh, Not yet. Well, we did a lemonade stand. Um, So my daughter was probably my oldest was probably just turned six at the time, or maybe not even six. So maybe it was five and a half. And we did the lemonade stand, but I took it a step further because the lemonade stand was a success. And we had friends come over and I explained that we were paying wages to them. But then what she didn't like, and I realized as a parent where I went wrong, is that I brought in the lemonade, the profits, and we made a lot of money because of course, you know, neighbors are like, here's $5 and I don't even want the lemonade. But I said to her, okay, so here's our our pocket of money. Let's just say it was $20. Okay, the cost of the lemonade was $3. So you owe me $3 and she lost it. She, don't take my money. So I realized I didn't, she couldn't understand the concept of margin at that point. Like she didn't understand the cost of goods. I think that I was realizing that it's a little over her head at this point. Um, We didn't do a lemonade stand this past year just because we just didn't have time for it. But definitely next year, I think she'll be ready to really understand. And what I'll do differently is say up front, hey, the costs are, why don't we go shopping together? And here are the costs. I'll pay for it, but you have to pay me back and have a physical receipt that she can read and understand because it didn't work last time. (laughs) That's a really good idea. And a piece of advice I got from a a local friend was with helping, because I'm helping my daughter with a business idea she has. She's 10 and she um, knows that I'm her business coach. And my friend was like, is she paying you? I said, well, no, she's my child. Like, She's not paying me. And she's like, you should have her pay you. So that she understands that services cost money and the value of services. And it was one of those things that I just hadn't thought about. That's smart. Yeah, I, I would love at 10 if my daughter got 
wanted to do something. So congrats for wanting. I have other ideas. I have like local ideas where I want it to be my kid's business, but like they wouldn't be into it. It would be me doing all the work. Actually, that's funny that you say this. I kind of forgot about this story. So also last summer, so the summer of the lemonade stand, my daughter realized that she wanted money for things. So I said, how can you create create things? How can you get money? What, let's brainstorm some ideas. We can sell stuff. And it turns out we brainstormed to sell a hairband. So I bought it at a craft store for my kids. But it's basically like, you can totally tell it's DIY. It has like four different strands and then you can make it like be a character. So for example, my daughter was super into tur- Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So hers was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and then the colors. So maybe it was easy to make, but we figured it out. We took the old one. We said, okay, we're going to figure it out. I put it on Facebook. I said, my daughter wants to sell these. And of course, like friends were like, sign me up. So we, we sold like 10, 15, like not even attempting to do anything with like one little post. And I'm like, I will deliver it to you because this is going to be such a great thing. And then I basically felt I was making a sweatshop for me because my daughter could not make these hairbands. They were too intricate. Like she couldn't do it all by herself. Your 10 year old probably could, but my five and a half year old or six year time, there's no way. And also I realized she didn't care or like she wasn't good about the delivery aspect. So I'm like, you go up to them and you say, here's your hairband. Thank you so much for their purchase. Take their money and come back. And like, she's just a little quieter and reserved. So like, she just wasn't comfortable going up. And I'm like, you know what? We're not doing it. I think I canceled orders on some friends. I'm like, we're just scrapping it. So I think it's good that we, I'm pressing to want to find that idea, but I think it's also realizing that I can't push it. And I think that like, she was a little too young in that situation. And that's a good point too. I definitely don't think that anybody should walk away feeling like they need their child to have a bit, you know what I mean? Like, Kids can be kids and that is okay. Yeah, exactly. But I really want to retire with you being a gazillionaire. Exactly. Is that that too much to ask? My mom always says, put me in a good home. (laughs) Remember that you would be nothing without me. (laughs) Yes. So how are you with so many streams of income, which I, I also think is a great thing. My family does the same thing. You know, don't keep all your eggs in one basket. How are you balancing everything? this is also maybe a little different than a lot of people out there, but I, maybe because I've always had a corporate job, when I started having babies, my oldest, again, seven years ago, I, I actually, I worked flexibly. I was, I'm in a sales role and I was like, I can have my baby at home with me. And then, you know, my boss was on board. It was basically, I had a bunch of different sitters and, you know, working flexibly. And if there was a meeting, I could easily get work around and, there were several times where I had a last minute call come up on my calendar and then like I had to make sure that my baby was quiet. And it was just, it was a really bad feeling of trying to like, I mean, I wasn't being very honest to everyone that my baby was sitting next to me. And I think that that was where I realized that it was too stressful to have, take care of my own baby and work a full-time job. And I think I was kidding myself that I thought I could do it. So probably after several months, we did put my daughter into daycare and then about a year after that, we found a full-time nanny. And then that my second daughter came. She just She's turning five. So it's been over five years with my same full-time nanny. I think that that is the key differentiator. She is amazing. I've definitely had struggles where, you know, my daughter, it took her a while to transition. So we always had this like really rocky transition when she first started. And she was two at the time, not even. So it was 
you know, a lot of where's mommy, you know, she'd scream if she saw me, she didn't want to be like away from me. So I think from that standpoint, I realized that I, I had to be out of sight, out of mind. So in the morning, I'd go into my office, and then I would basically shut the door. Over the years, like it's, and especially my second was a little more flexible, and I can go out and say hi. And it's like, hey, mom, and then I'll go back in my office. It's not a, it's not as much like, I mean, I used to be bobbing and weaving, like, <gasps> run from the kitchen to the office if I see that they're coming home. But I do think that that full-time care for me has been really helpful. So my nanny comes at 7.45 in the morning to get the kids to school. I don't make lunches. I basically don't do anything as it relates to the kids in the morning. And then at night, um, she leaves at 5.30. So I'm able to put dinner on the table at that transition point. And you know, I know that other people might want to spend more time with their kids, but this really works for us. And and our nanny is such a special person to our family as well, where, you know, I think that I would be lost without her. So having good time care, even if it's, it's not full time, it's just dependable care. Like I don't ever have to worry about her calling in sick or being late. It's just, it's like clockwork. Um, and it's just something that really has been helpful. So I can really crank between the hours of 745 to 530. I can get a lot done. And yes, my sleep consulting services are on the weekends at night, but I can be with my family for, you know, five to eight and then get back online. So that's been working really well. So tell me more about how the scheduling works for sleep consulting. You, you do that on the weekends at night, you said? Yeah, both. Um, you know, I have a scheduler and, you know, I, I didn't have a schedule for a long time. And I realized like what a life changing event that is having one. So if someone goes to my site, they book through to my scheduler and I do keep, you know, day open. Um, it integrates with um, my calendar. So it's real time. So if a, if a person wants to do a day console and I'm available, they can absolutely do it. I just know a lot of parents want to have both parents together. And then, so I basically just have one evening spot at eight. And if I feel that like there's already two booked, I'll cancel the rest of the evening spots. I don't like to have an evening console every night. Um, it's just, sometimes I do, sometimes I don't, but it's something that I just deal with. Um, weekends, I do not have available for consults unless it's like, oh, you know, if it's easy for me or if it's easy for them. But I am supporting clients through the weekend. So I am checking in on them. So it just depends um, on that aspect. But that is kind of a, a, an occupational hazard, I'd say. Like, I, I do enjoy on my corporate job when I say I'm on vacation, I'm on vacation. Like, now this is really tough. Like, I it's not as easy, the boundaries. Um, so it works for me. I think when it doesn't work for me, I'll have to kind of rethink it, but I'm going on vacation in January and I am like not supporting people. It's very clear. I'm being very upfront. If it means that I don't get clients booking, that is a possibility, but I I really don't want to be checking, um, during the week I'm gone. And hopefully people will understand that because that, I mean, that's the same thing that they would get from any business, you know, Right. But somebody who's calling me and saying, Hey, I want to work with you. I'm like, well, here, here's your options. You know, you got either you start right now or you start when you get back or we can modify um, things of that nature. Now you mentioned before recording that you are shifting some of your focus to online business. Are you changing like the business model of the services you're currently offering? I think um, my one-on-one consulting will always be part of my core offer. I can't imagine just getting rid of it, but I really find myself passionate about the online side of business. I have several courses, um, you know, and some of them are just once baby naps made easy to really help you um, find ways to 
tweak your baby's schedule and get longer naps without even doing any sort of sleep training. Um, I do have a sleep training made easy course, which actually takes you handholding through creating a sleep plan and starting your sleep plan attempt. And then I have preschooler sleep made easy, which is dealing with their preschooler sleep challenges. So, you know, I think that there's probably a few other courses that I anticipate, you know, putting in that, but those are between preschooler sleep made easy and sleep training made easy. Those are my really core offers. So what I think I'm going to be spending more time doing and tweaking is figuring out, you know, how to really create that journey for, for somebody who comes to my site and to take advantage of whether it's a training series or a webinar, um, or basically ways to sell more of those online courses, because I know that they do sell. It's a really good product. I ideally would love to be in an evergreen scenario, passive income. I know we all love it and strive for it. That would be the best case scenario. Just haven't gotten there yet. Well, I imagine these courses would be great for most entrepreneur moms. I know a lot of us are are juggling nap time and, and we use nap time as our productive time. So the the more or the longer and the more quality sleep our kiddos get, the more productive we can be too. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Understanding the mom aspect because we're a mom and like our time is so valuable. So how can you clearly and concisely state it without spending more time? Because I don't want to take you through a two-hour webinar because at the end of the day, that's probably not in your best interest. So it's figuring out really the best way. And I'm, I'm constantly tweaking things, um, but it's nice to have that. And you know, I'm creating the legacy. Those courses are, are there forever. Um, so yes, I anticipate tweaking and changing, but that's going to be, you know, the, the bulk of the lines, the hard work is actually created and done. Now, do you have any, a couple tips you can kind of tease us with? Like what your, your number one, two, you know, tips are? Yeah. I mean, I think with sleep tips, um, number one, always do what you're most comfortable with. Sleep training is like a really scary word. And In this podcast, we didn't get too down the road of sleep because I think the entrepreneur world part of what I do is probably a little more interesting for you guys. But, you know, I think that if you have sleep challenges, it doesn't mean, and you're okay with it, it doesn't mean that you're not okay. You know, you don't need to do something because a sleep consultant told you or a friend told you or a parent told you. You really have to do with something that you're ready. Um, I think parents are looking for magic answers. And when it comes to to sleep, baby naps made easy is, is giving you those magic answers, but it doesn't work for everyone. You don't get necessarily the longest nap unless you're focusing on independent skills. So you really have to do what you're most comfortable with. Um, number two, always use, like I call them, you know, the sleep hacks, like put them to your advantage. So whether it means blacking out your windows, like so many people have windows like yours right now that are showing like light is filtering in like that is not an optimal environment to have your baby sleep. You don't want to sleep in a room with bright lights on. Why would your baby want to? So, um, you know, I say go for it, go for the complete blackout version just to really get your baby the optimal opportunity to take a good nap. Um, and then last but not least, I'd say focus on timing. Um, you know, there's a thousand different ways to schedule naps. And I am the first to tell you, and I actually give you a lot of different options, but I think understanding what's age appropriate and what's not. So, so many parents are like, I have a four month old and they're taking a 30 minute nap a day, one 30 minute nap. And that's just, I just show you, well, your baby's overtired. Like I can say that with such certainty. In fact, your baby is fighting sleep because you're not getting 
you know, your baby's up for six hours. A four-month-old should not be up for six hours. So just focus on timing and make sure it's appropriate for your baby. And do you have resources online? So if family, if somebody is listening and they're like, oh, my kid needs to sleep, like where can they... Yeah. So I know that you're going to link to um, how to find me, but the easiest way to get access to my free sleep um, resource library is at sleepbabylove.com backslash library, and you'll be able to find it there. And then familysuccessacademy.com is where my online courses are. So if you are like, I need baby naps made easy, sleep training made easy, or preschooler sleep made easy, that's where you will find them. That's perfect. And I'll definitely link to those. I just want to make sure that if we've got sleep-deprived parent entrepreneurs, that we, we know how to help them. <laughs> Perfect. No, that's great. What would be your number one piece of advice? Like you encounter a parent who's you know, considering self-employment. What's the number one thing you'd want to tell them? It ain't easy, but it's worth it. Um, so I think that like I, I found a business that I actually created where... I was able to start with a lower investment. I mean, I didn't obviously have to create a product or anything. I had a website and I was able to, through word of mouth, get my first clients. So that was a pretty good opportunity. If you can find something like that without spending a ton of investment into branding or you know courses at that point, just start your business. And then once you have clients and you have money coming in, figure out where you want to invest it. You know, I think that Getting rich happens for a lot of people, but it doesn't happen for everyone. And I think by these, you know, make a million dollars in a year, you have to have a really premium price service. And if you're selling to a mom, I don't know necessarily that that's always the best service. So you have to really figure out where you want to go and, and don't get jealous of other people's success. That's great. Thank you so much. No problem. It was fun. All right. Well, we will link to uh, you know where people can find you in the show notes. And I want to thank you for taking some time out of your schedule to talk to me today. No, it was, it was fun. Thank you. You'll find the show notes at megbrenson.com slash seven. That's where you'll find all of the links and recommendations mentioned in this episode. In our last episode, I welcomed Stacey Brookman to the podcast. Stacy shared a shocking story of divorce and how her experiences leaving a sociopathic husband propelled her into entrepreneurship. We also discussed the importance of giving children responsibilities and allowing them to spread their wings and fail. If you have a story to tell, and believe me, we all do, you'll definitely want to go back and give episode number six a listen. Next week, we'll chat with Sherry Bevan. Sherry is a former global head of IT service at an international law firm and now runs The Confident Mother, an independent coaching practice. Sherry has been running her own business alongside running marathons since 2012, and she works as an author, coach, and speaker. She specializes in helping ambitious women get clear on what they really want and then find the confidence to take action and move forward in their career or business. It's an episode that you'll want to catch for sure. Subscribe to the podcast today so that you don't miss it. Want to connect with other like-minded parent entrepreneurs? Join the discussions in our official Facebook group. You can find it at familypreneurcommunity.com.